Okay. Welcome everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Victory Prayer Circle with We Who Dwell Faith Community. I am your host, Natasha T. Brown. And tonight we have such an exciting, um, uh, such an exciting Bible study. I almost got tongue-tied there because we're doing something a little bit different with the Victory Prayer Circle this summer. The Lord has prompted us to really dive deep into the book of Acts of the Apostles. So this is part three of our Acts of the Apostles Bible study. And if you've been here for any of the other weeks, you know that this has been such a great time. And so we invite you to listen to the replay. We have a podcast called the Victory Prayer Circle. It's on iTunes and SoundCloud and at wewhodwell.org. And you can listen to the replays of this, um, this series and all of our other Victory Prayer Circle calls if you've missed these meetings on Thursday nights. So welcome on in, you all. I'm going to just kick us off in prayer and then we will get started with tonight's study. So Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that you are ever present, oh God, that you are omniscient, that you are omnipowerful, God. We love you, Lord. You are everywhere at the same time, God. And so we know that you are already here. Lord, we welcome you to have your way. Father, we surrender our will. We surrender even our agenda. And Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would take over. Take over this meeting, oh God. Take over this Bible study. Take over our hearts. Lord, take over our minds, oh God. I pray that you would silence all distractions right now in the name of Jesus. We just close the door to everything that would try to distract you right now, to everything that would try to try to distract the people of God from hearing the word of God tonight. And we bind everything that will come against this word. We pull down every stronghold. We bind and shut the door to every wicked scheme of the enemy, every distraction, every deterrence. We bind it in the name of Jesus. And we just welcome the Lord in here to have your way, oh God, have your way. Jesus, we thank you for what you did for us on the cross. Jesus, we thank you for offering up yourself so that you can save us and that we can have a relationship with the Father. Father, we thank you for your perfect plan to reconcile the entire world to you. Lord, we thank you. We welcome you into this call. We say, have your way. God, we just love you so much. Jesus, we love you so so much. We know that we cannot live without you. Lord, what would we do without you? What would we do without you guiding us? What would we do without your peace, Lord? You are called the Prince of Peace. What would we do without God with us? Emmanuel, God with us. What would we do, oh God? So we just thank you, Lord. We just love you, God. We are here to love on you, to, to, to study your word, oh God, to welcome others into your word, to open up the scriptures, Father. And we just thank you for that opportunity, Lord, to fellowship with one another around your word, around who you are, what you've done and what you want to continue to do in your body. God, we thank you for giving us this book of Acts to study, oh Lord, because it shows us that you are so powerful that through the Holy Spirit, we as disciples of Christ are so powerful. We can move mountains. God, you've given us the power and authority over all demons. You've given us the power 
power and authority to cure uh, sickness and to heal, Lord. And you give us that power in your word, oh God. So Father, right now, Lord, I just ask that you would breathe on this Bible study, oh God, that you would bless our teacher tonight, oh God, Dr. Gilbert. Father, I just thank you for him, Lord. I thank you for his faithfulness. God, I thank you for everything that he does, oh Lord, um, through the body of Christ, in the body of Christ, and that, that he is a light to others, oh God. I just pray, Lord, that you would speak through him, Lord, move through him, oh God, and allow us to be able to receive this message on tonight, Father. Speak to us, oh God. We are here. We are listening. We are totally attentive to your voice tonight, oh God. And we just thank you, Lord, for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So you all, thank you so much for uh, being here. Welcome again to the Victory Prayer Circle. If you are a first timer, we just want to thank you for being here and we welcome you to join us every Thursday. I want to invite our co-host on our, our guest teacher. He is an amazing man of God, Dr. G Daniel Gilbert. Daniel Gilbert is the director of the Master of Divinity program at Regent University, and he's also the founder and executive director of Empowered Living International Ministries, and he has a ministry in Kenya, a theological school where he's been teaching men and women of God for many years on um, how to study the word, how to teach and preach the word, and he's just an amazing uh, man of God, and so I want to just turn this over to him. He's going to be taking us through the book of Acts chapters 5 and and six as much as we can get through there's a lot to cover so there's dr gilbert you have the floor well it's such a joy to be with you natasha and all that you're doing for the kingdom of god for the glory of god and, and the lord's brought us together uh to do some ministry and this is just another step of that and i'm so blessed to be here thank you for the great prayer time and the wonderful worship welcome everybody uh, it's so good to be with you, and I want us to get right into the text, and we're going to start back up a little bit in chapter four, the very end of chapter four, because that sets the stage for the first part of chapter five, and it's a powerful, uh, a powerful story here, and so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read all of chapter five and all of chapter six. We're going to touch on key parts, so, but if you have your Bibles, whether it's a real a book, or whether you have it on your iPad or your phone, turn with me to Acts chapter 5. I'll be reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version, um, and we're going to read and dig into this, and we're going to uh, touch on some key nuggets, and we're also going to look at the who the Holy Spirit is as well, because we learned something very important about the Holy Spirit, and that is actually uh, one of one topic that God has blessed me with. I'm actually a pneumatologist. I'm a theologian that focuses on the Holy Spirit, but of course, the, the whole triune God. And we see the whole triune God in these passages, how God the Father is, is uh, and Peter's preaching about Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit and God the Father. We just, it's just, the Word of God is so awesome, isn't it? So let's look at Acts chapter 4, verses 32, uh, and then we'll follow on, on this. Listen to the word of the Lord. Now the full member of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said, said that any of these things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. 
And with great power, with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And the great grace was upon them all. This, these are key phrases and terms. Verse 34, there was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought them to the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each one as they had need. Thus, Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, remember Barnabas, you're going to learn a lot about him later on in Acts, which also means sons, a son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, we're setting the stage for chapter five from what happens in chapter five. I want to touch on three key nuggets here. The first is the body of Christ. He says the full number of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Now, this is really important. We go back to Acts chapter 1, right before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord in prayer. And here the church is now probably over 5,000, maybe closer to 10,000 people just in Jerusalem alone. Now, that's huge back then. It's huge even today. But they're all there, and they're, they're one. They're one. Now, I want to say this. We all know, and Natasha's done a great job at, at it communicating over the last several weeks about this, this division and this hatred and this, this, um, this stirring up that I believe the devil is doing to, to our nation regarding racism. And racism is a problem and an issue. Matter of fact, I've talked to Natasha. I'm working on plans to do a roundtable uh, to work together. Uh, to, to, show, uh, to show the oneness of the body of Christ. It's needed. But here, the body of Christ, now they're all Jews. There's some um, Gentiles who became Jews and then uh, followed Jesus. So, but they're Jews from all over the Middle East that are together. Now, they all come from different cultures, but they're all one. Even though there's Jews that have come to Christ, or Gentiles that became Jews first and then came to the Messiah, they're all one in heart and heart and in soul, meaning they had one purpose, and that is to love God with all their heart and to love one another, which is, includes their neighbor loving the lost. So this is a key thing for us to realize today. Let me go on. They had one heart and one soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him or her was his own. Now, we have a statement. I'm sorry, I don't know Spanish, but it's my house is your house, right? Everybody knows that phrase. And it's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful phrase from the uh, Latina culture because it says, I may have a house, but you're always welcomed and the door is wide open. And this is important. And that's what we're seeing here. Uh, and we go on and we say, the, with great power, the apostles were, were giving their testimony 
and testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they were preaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were also teaching all the people about their life with Jesus and what he did for them. But it was done with great power. Now, whenever you see the word great power or the word power in the New Testament pertaining to uh, from Acts all the way through the epistles, they're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit in and through them. The power of the Holy Spirit in and through them. Also, the power of the Holy Spirit is equated with the power of the resurrection. And so you have this, this, um, this dynamo, and the Greek is uh, dunamis, but, and by the way, we, we in, in the modern say, well, it's like dynamite. Well, they didn't have dynamite back there, so, back then. So uh, we're reading into scripture what's not there, but dunamis means power. But in this case, they had great power of the Holy Spirit in sharing their testimony about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and they were eyewitnesses. They're talking about the apostles. And then not only is there great power in sharing their testimony of their life in Jesus and their life with Jesus and their life uh, with the, the resurrection power of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, they also, the scripture says, also with great power and with great grace. Great grace was upon them. Now, grace, you have to study grace. That's a whole other study of its, itself. But grace is more than just uncommon or uh, unde, um, uh, undeserved favor, uncommon divine favor or unmerited favor. It means that we don't merit anything, that God does it all. But when you study the term grace, it's so much more. It means that we really can't do anything in our own strength. And when we do, we mess it up. And Paul talks about it in Romans. He talks about it in, in, uh, in Galatians. He talks about it in Ephesians. Ephesians is probably the biggest book on, on grace, uh, Galatians and Ephesians. But the, with great grace. See, they couldn't do it on their own. They had the power of the Holy Spirit, and they had the grace of God, the Holy Spirit, working through them to do what God called them to do. You know, all of us need grace every day. We need grace in our families. If we're married, we need grace with our spouse. We need grace if we have children and raising our children. Um, we need grace in our workplace with our coworkers, especially those jerks. <laughs> Sorry for being so blunt, but they're jerks sometimes. And, and we need grace. And we need great grace to do the work that God's called us to do, whether it's the marketplace whether it's in the home, whether it's in the neighborhood, whether it's in the church, whether it's on the mission field, we need grace. And they were not going to do anything without great power of the Holy Spirit and the resurrection and great grace. Now, they go on and say, uh, um, say that there was not a needy person among them, for many were selling their lands and their homes and property and bringing the proceeds. Now, I want to take a caveat real quick, just a, a, a sidetrack here. And I don't want to be political here, but I do see something very clear because I've heard people who hold to socialism and Marxism use this passage and another passage um, in, in Scripture, two main passages, that um, the Bible is, and God is for socialism. I can tell you in all my years of study and travels around the world, this is not socialism. This is voluntary 
the Holy Spirit leading the people. It was never taught you have to do this. It was the Holy Spirit guiding men and women, new believers, seeing the needs in the body of Christ. And they were focused on meeting the needs of Christians here right now. Now they, they spread to help all the poor later, but right now they're taking care of their own. And it was all volunteer. You see, socialism is government-led. That's usually anti-God because government becomes God. And then they force, uh, they take uh, what is ours, what we worked for, and then they try to distribute it to whom they get, but I, I don't get anything. And it, it's, so it's, it's not voluntary. And it's government-run, and this is spirit-led. Uh, and so that's just a little caveat there, a little tangent, but it's important that we don't take scripture out of context to try to justify a particular economic system. Um, and I hope that's okay sharing that, Natasha. But they were all together and they voluntarily sold and they didn't sell everything they had. But it, it, matter of fact, it says Joseph uh, sold a field that belonged to him. Joseph apparently was a fairly wealthy person. So he saw the Lord led him to sell one field and he brought the whole proceeds of that. Now, so that lays the foundation. I hope that encourages you in some way. So people, the needs of the body of Christ are being met. The, uh, the gospel is being spread. More people are coming to Christ. And because there's such a, a unity of oneness, of, of, of people being one together in union and, and purpose, just as Paul talks about later in Ephesians chapter 4, that we, we are to be one body and unified by the Spirit in one people. Um, that's in Christ being the head. So we have, we're all, they're all in one, and the Spirit's leading those to sell property and, and whatever to bring it to to the apostles so that, that the needs of the poor could be met within the body of Christ. Now, again, like I said, later on, it goes beyond that. And so we come to chapter five. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read through it, the whole thing, but I am going to read the first few verses, okay? It says, so, so Barnabas uh, sold property and brought it and laid the proceeds at the apostles' feet. But a man, when you see but, that's a conjunction. Now, the writer, Luke, is, is saying, now, there's a contrast coming here, okay? Just as Barnabas sold a property and gave all the proceeds to the Lord, to the apostles, uh, he, but a man named Ananias and his wife, with his wife, Sapphira, sold a piece of property, same as Barnabas sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, let me just set this stage. Nothing's wrong with, with um, Ananias and Sapphira setting aside a portion of what they sold for their needs. Maybe they made a profit. And they wanted to take a little sum and, and use it to go on a, go on a cruise uh, or something like that. That isn't the issue here. The issue that we see in the next verse is they brought it what they had left, which was probably a majority of the property, of the proceeds. And they said, this is all 
that we got for the proceeds. So they lied. They, it wasn't necessarily wrong to keep a portion, but they schemed in their hearts together to lie to the apostles. And it was out of pride. It was, it was look, look, just as Barnabas sold a piece of property and brought land, we sold a piece of land and we brought the, the, the whole proceeds to the Lord. You see, do you see the difference? Natasha, you want to add anything to that at this point? Sorry. Yeah. Um, just the fact that it's the deceit, you know what I mean? It's, yes. It was pretty much the deceit. And let me see, I wrote some notes, I think for this part, uh, but you, you pretty much touched on it. You know, it wasn't that they kept, you know, anything to themselves. It was really the fact that it was deception. Yes. And so we have to be mindful of deception. And that's one way that the enemy will always, you know, try to get us to sort of sin against God is, is with deception. So that's all that I wanted to no, add. You know, and with that deception, they, they did it out of pride. They wanted to, to one up joseph or, or barnabas right they they wanted to show all the apostles we've done the same as barnabas look at all the money that we're bringing mm -hmm. and again jesus talks about the the pride of the pharisees or, or you know coming and bringing their tithe he didn't rebuke the pharisees for tithing even all the way to the little mint leaf if they they tithe everything he commended them for tithing and i want to commend you if you're not tithing anywhere into a fruitful ministry i want to encourage you to tithe it's just 10 percent of your income yeah, just ten percent. We wouldn't have we wouldn't have any of it without God, right? That's exactly <laughs> right. So let's honor God with our first fruits. So uh, it, it it was Jesus didn't rebuke the Pharisees for tithing. He rebuked the Pharisees for their attitude in tithing. Yeah, their pride in tithing. Look at us, we're tithing all this. And Jesus uses uh, an example of a, a a widow who had nothing, and she came before the Lord to worship the Lord and gave all that she had, which was one little penny. Wow. I mean, it was one tiny little penny. I've seen the widow's mite. Matter of fact, I bought a widow's mite necklace, a, a original widow's mite from the first century. Uh, and they put it in, in some gold necklace when I was in Israel a few months ago. Wow. Um, and, and so, so I'll let you take over. Just keep going. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so it was that deception and pride. And this is what happened. Verse three, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled you, filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not your, at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell and breathed his last. And the great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now, Paul's right there. This is amazing. Again, we go back to chapter four and all the people are giving and yet they're working. The apostles are doing great works and signs and wonders and do, working in the great power 
of the Holy Spirit. Now, how did Peter know that Ananias saw, uh, had, uh, it, this is only a portion, and that he was being deceptive, prideful and deceptive? The gifts of the Holy Spirit were flowing through Peter. The gift, and two, two main gifts, the gift of what modern uh, scholars would call the gift of words of knowledge, having knowledge that they don't know of someone's life or what's going on in someone. I call it revelation, but it's still part of the, the gift mix within 1 Corinthians 12, the charismatic gifts or the uh, pneumatic charismata. And the second gift, I think, was being uh, manifest through Peter here was the gift of discernings of spirits. So he was discerning. He, the Holy Spirit gave him this unique knowledge of what Ananias and his wife was doing. Only Ananias is here right now. What Ananias had done, but the Holy Spirit with the gifts of discernings of spirits was showing the spirit behind Ananias's gift and attitude. And that's important for us to understand. Do you want to add to that? Yeah, I just want to say that is so key. You know, um, I just came back from Tanzania recently. And one of the things that the Lord really had me minister on was the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And um, in some parts of the world, guys, you know, we people are taught that they can't have certain gifts. And so um, I think it's just, I just wanted to put a point right there to yes. say, we should always be praying for the gifts. These are gifts. And they're grace gifts. And Dr. Gilbert already explained that grace is something that we can't earn. It's, it's basically something that God gives to us, right? And we can't do anything without God's grace, as well as we cannot operate in the gifts without God's grace. And we cannot have the power of God through, without the grace of God. And gifts are just grace. The spiritual gifts are just God's way of saying, hey, I'm just going to give this to you, a grace from God. Amen. That is so awesome. And, and by the way, if you ever want to uh, do a series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I'd love to be a part of that and, and teach on, on that. I actually have a weekend conference on, on discovering your spiritual gifts, but also understanding. I have a seminar, on, a weekend seminar on understanding the Holy Spirit. Um, but back to this. So here, here's the key point. The gifts were flowing through Peter. And, and by the way, these are manifestational gifts. God is just looking for vessels of men and women, young people that love Jesus, that are totally sold out to the Holy Spirit to allow the Spirit to flow through you for the purpose of ministry, not to build yourself up, not for selfish gain, always to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, as well as to build up the body of Christ and reach the lost. We'll talk about that in a moment. But we see something really key right here. And, and Natasha heard this in, in the pneumatology, the Holy Spirit class I taught. Uh, and this is very important. The Holy Spirit, Peter right here, declares that the Holy Spirit is God. He declares the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity. He's not part of God. He's not the force of God. He's not the, the wind of God. He's not uh, the energy of God. He's not the power of God. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity. He is God. Now, why do I say that? Peter says, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? And that's in verse 4. Uh, verse 3, 
And then down in verse five, uh, four, he says, you haven't lied to man, but you've lied to God. So right there, Peter equates the Holy Spirit with God. And this is so important because I deal with this a lot. Well, the Holy Spirit's only the force of God. Or maybe you're really a Star Wars fan. And I'm not going to go off on that, but um, you know, the force be with you and uh, the whole concept. And it's, it, that is a deceptive teaching. God is not a force. God is, the, is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one, the beautiful Holy Trinity. And I'm reading a book right now. I'm reading two books on the Trinity because I have to continue to prepare for my classes. And oh, it's just so refreshing to read how, how God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three in one, all work in unison and, and in sync and in, in power. Now, the Holy, each one has a particular role within the Godhead. But, um, and, and so right here, the Holy Spirit is not the force of God. The Holy Spirit's not the energy of God. The Holy Spirit's not the presence of God. The Holy Spirit's not the power of God. You got to get this. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity. He is God. Now, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is that he brings forth the presence of God. He brings forth the or manifests the, the power of God. He brings forth and manifests the gifts of God, gifts of grace to all of us. So, that's the role. But right here, Peter is very clear that the Holy Spirit is God. And Ananias, uh, because he lied and was deceptive and full of pride, he died like that. And the fear of God fell on all the people. Now, it's interesting his wife, Sapphira, did not know this had happened. And so she comes to church three hours late. <laughs> and she, you know, she too wants to um, hear all the, oh, you're so wonderful. You gave so much money. She was, she was ready. Now I'm reading into that, but I can imagine that's what she was coming to see where her husband was. And as well as probably go, oh, wow, look at all the money you gave and so forth. And, and Peter again. The Holy Spirit anointed him and said, tell me, verse 8, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for that much. Aren't I wonderful? Aren't my husband and I wonderful? And, and Peter once again said, behold, the feet of those who just buried your husband at the door, they will also carry you out. And immediately she died. Now, this is important because right here, back up in verse nine, he asked, how, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Once again, we see this, this uh, flow. You've lied to the Holy Spirit, you've lied to God, and you've tested the spirit of the Lord. We're just getting so much theology here, and we don't have time to get into all this, but I just want to emphasize that the Spirit of God is the Lord and is God. And it's very important. So that is something that I want to encourage you. What's happening in your life? Are, have you allowed, the, as, as we read in verse uh, 3, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? 
Is there something in your heart that you know you're living a life that's not pleasing to the Lord and, and you're, you're, you're deceiving your family or you're deceiving the church and um, you, you don't think you're really, you know you're, it's wrong, but you, know, you, you put on a facade and look at me, I'm, I'm a mighty man of God or whatever. The Lord is saying, stop it. Stop it. Just surrender whatever. If you're bound in pornography, if you're, if you're bound in lying, if you're bound with pride, and, and all of this stems from pride anyway, uh, and do we have the fear of the Lord in our hearts? Every day I pray for the fear of God to manifest in my life. I pray every day. I pray for the fear of the Lord. Now, fear isn't trembling, although that's part of it. It's an awe. It's a reverence, and it's a desire to please Him with our whole heart, our whole life, because of what He has done for us. So I just want to pause. I want to pray for all of us right now, and then we'll get into the other passages uh, as time uh, allows. Father, I just pray right now, if there's anyone here watching, whether watching live or watching uh, by recording, Lord, I just pray that if, if we're living a lie, if we're living in deception, if we're allowing bitterness to overcome anger, to take control of our life and become a stronghold, uh, if we are being deceptive with our, our spouse or, or our family member or even at work, if we're cutting corners and, and uh, just to make that extra cell, whatever it is, Lord, I just pray that you would not only convict us, but Lord, that you would lead us into repentance even now and that you would um, then uh, set us free, set us free because you're a merciful God. Don't let us go down the road of Ananias and Sapphira, Lord. Let us be quick to acknowledge our sin and quick to repent. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for letting me just pause right there, and I hope that has ministered. You know, God is a forgiving God. He, he just forgives. If we confess our sins, Jesus, John says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I, I, again, I have a whole seminar, weekend seminar on the power of forgiveness. And, and I know Natasha knows a lot about forgiveness and, and so forth. So let's move forward. I got to run through this really quick. And I have some key points. I, I hope this is encouraging uh, to you. The next set uh, in Acts chapter 5 is chapter uh, 5 verses 12 through 16. And it starts out, Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they were in the temple area in Jerusalem, doing the signs of one, doing miracles for the glory of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, and people were coming to the Lord. It says in verse 14, uh, more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women. So thousands are coming to Christ every day. We see that a little bit earlier, and we see it throughout. That's actually a theme throughout Acts. Uh, more and more were coming to Christ daily, or what, uh, day by day they were coming to Christ. That's a theme throughout Acts to show that the gospel was being spread and the church was growing. And so uh, this was, uh, and people from all over were bringing their sick, those that were lame, those that uh, were uh, demon-possessed or, or oppressed, 
those that were afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. And it even says some, uh, as, uh, as they were bringing their sick to Peter, uh, his shadow would touch on them and they would be healed. Now, how does that happen? And does it happen today? Now, this is a special anointing on Peter and the apostles. It wasn't just Peter, but Peter's sing, uh, uh, signal out here. Um, but uh, it was a special anointing in that time, again, to solidify the gospel and to spread the gospel. But it's also the fulfillment, what Jesus said in John uh, 14, 12, that greater works will you do than what I've done. And if we're open to the Holy Spirit, he's talking about the whole coming Holy Spirit and that you're going to do greater works than me because I will be in you by the Holy Spirit. And so he, he continues to work through us. Now, they were, this was happening. I want you to know that miracles are happening today. I've been so humbled and blessed to travel the world for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God. I've ministered and, and matter of fact, one of my colleagues reminded me, I don't even think about it. I've ministered on one, two, uh, three, four, uh, five continents uh, so far. And in every place I've gone, God has moved in his power, the power of the resurrection with the gifts of the spirit. And I've seen healings. I've seen signs and wonders and miracles. It's just amazing seen deaf ears, literally deaf ears open up. I've seen a baby dying, a two-year-old toddler dying of malaria, had no opportunity to go to the hospital and take medicine. We prayed over him in, uh, uh, in proxy. His mother came. We prayed over, and when she got home, the fever had broken the very time we were praying for that little baby, and she brought him to the class the next day to, to give glory to God. Now, the, these are things. I've seen the dead raised from the dead. I've seen it because God has used me to, to, as a vessel, and it's just a vessel. God still works today. He still does miracles today, but right here we see all these things are happening. And because it was happening, jealousy began to brew in the religious leaders. It happens today. We see this in verses 17 and, and 18. The high priest rose up and all were with him. Uh, that is the party of the Sadducees, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they were filled with jealousy. Why? Because they didn't have the power of God. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. They didn't have the power of the resurrection working through them because they were closed to the gospel. They closed their ears. They closed their eyes. And they, they were losing power and authority because Peter and the apostles were moving in God's authority, not man's authority. And so they arrested all the apostles and they put them in, in prison. Now, this is so glorious. This is so awesome. During the night, an angel of the Lord came and set them free from prison. And they all went back, and the angel told them, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Now, this is important. This life. It's talking about two, uh, three things, actually. One is, uh, it's, it's in all likelihood, uh, the, all these Christians, all these Jews uh, coming to the Messiah, 
and, and being baptized with the Holy Spirit and moving in the gifts of the Spirit, they were known uh, by two names, the way, and they were also called the life because they were preaching resurrection life. We just go, go back to, to uh, chapter four, the latter part that I just read. The great power of the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, resurrection life. And so they were preaching on the resurrection life. And the third was they're preaching on eternal life, eternal life now and eternal life to come. It's a life. It's life-giving. The gospel is life-giving. It's not, uh, it's not a dirge. It's not heavy. The gospel is full of love and joy and life. And so this is what the, the angel told them to go out and, and, and teach them the words of this life. Go ahead. This is so good. Like, so good. So I just want to say one thing. I don't even want to add to that. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. One thing that really stuck out to me when I read these verses is that the Holy Spirit or the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord released them from prison. Okay. Yeah. And they didn't go and like hide, right? They did what you just said. They went out. The Holy Spirit told them to, to preach the, the words of life. And so what would most people do in that situation? They would like sneak out and try not to be discovered. But it takes a certain boldness yes. to be a true disciple of Christ. We cannot hide or nor can we be afraid of persecution. Yes. Amen. And you know what? The church is being persecuted like never before. Uh, in the world today, more and more. And it's, it's beginning to happen in America, unfortunately. And you're right. They weren't afraid. Matter of fact, we're not going to read the rest of this. Uh, we'll touch on it. The rest of this chapter, I want you to read it. Take time tonight or tomorrow to read through this chapter in detail and see how God protected them and helped them. They, the, the Lord delivered them from the prison and then sent them back to the temple to start preaching and doing signs and wonders as well. And, uh, and we see in the following verses that the prison, the guards and the Sadducee, the leadership were going to call the apostles to, um, to their court and, uh, and rebuke them and, and try to put fear in them like they did before, um, just a little bit earlier in chapter uh, four, chapter three and chapter four, they wanted to do even more damage uh, and fear in them. And the guards couldn't find them. The guards couldn't find them. And then they were told, I think they're in the temple preaching. <laughs> So they went to the temple and the guards uh, said they're in the temple and they were afraid to, to arrest them, but they, they told them and they forced them uh, to go to the Sadducees and to the council. And they were brought to the council and they were rebuked. You're not supposed to, we told you not to speak in Jesus' name. Now, let me say this. In, in many areas in America, uh, even in the military, in public settings, uh, if you're a pastor that's been asked to pray um, invocation uh, or do a benediction at the end of a meeting, I've been told by official government, uh, government officials, now you can pray, but don't pray in Jesus name. They, they've told me that. And I'm, I'm sure you've heard about that at all these public schools at all these public schools. Um, you know, you can't pray any longer. And if you do, it has to be a generic prayer and you can't pray in Jesus name. And I think uh, we're at a place that 
we come right here. See how the word of God uh, that was written to almost 2000 years ago is still reliant and, and able for us to, to help us today. They, they said, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet you here you have filled Jerusalem with the, your teachings and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And Peter and all the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. Let me ask you, are we scared of how the world is going to accept us? Are we scared we're going to be rejected if we, we just share the love of Jesus with somebody? Especially in this day and age with everything is, is so politically correct and you, you can't say this, or you can't say that. And, and the church, I'm telling you, I'm, I, I am a man of faith, but I, I'm a man of the word. And the church is going to be coming under great persecution over these next five to 10, 20 years uh, because we're seeing that personal, um, uh, personal behaviors are trumping uh, religious liberty. And, and, um, and so are we going to obey? Now we do it out of love. They didn't do this out of, out of hatred. None of this is done out of hatred, uh, the apostles. It's all done out of love. And, and so this is very important. We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at the right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Right there, Peter's preaching the gospel again. And uh, we are witnesses to these things so that, and so is the Holy Spirit. You see this uh, Trinity right here. God, which is in, in the New Testament, God the Father, God uh, raised Jesus and exalted Jesus. And he says, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. <laughs> this is so, so awesome. So are we obeying the Lord? regardless of what others are going to say. Now, let me also say this, and Natasha's heard me say this numerous times. I need to wrap up, don't I, Natasha? Uh, we need to uh, understand this. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that's contrary to his word. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to do something or say something that is contrary to his holy word. And this is really important. And we have to understand that we have, to, we have to be obedient to God and his word. Did you hear me? God will not prophesy to tell you to do something that is contrary to his word. He's not going to tell you to go uh, steal something. Or he's not going to tell you to go have an affair. with. Some, and I've had people say, well, God told me I'm supposed to divorce my wife to marry this other woman. That is that's so deceptive and such a lie. God will never tell you to do something contrary to his word. I need to hear an amen on that or type in amen to that. Uh, so, Amen. <laughs> just go on until about nine, so about 12 more minutes. And okay. Then we'll, um, we'll, we will finish. I think, yeah, we will be able to finish. So that's, that's what's happening. And, and when, when Peter and the apostles shared that, we got to obey God and then man and, and then shared a, a brief gospel message real quick, they got so mad and they wanted to stone them. They wanted to kill them uh, right there. 
And there is a wise Pharisee, part of the, part of the religious leaders, uh, uh, Gamiel. Gamiel uh, was a teacher of the law. This is verse 33, 34. And he held great honor of all the people. And he stood up and gave orders to put men outside, put all the apostles outside. I need to talk to you. And what he says, he says, listen, you need to understand something. He was discerning something. And he, he told all the leaders that were about to judge these apostles, listen, if this is of man, if what these apostles, these uh, Jewish people are doing, talking about Jesus, if what they're saying and doing is of man, it's going to fail. It's going to die. And he uses two other, two other people, I think two, uh, Judas and uh, Theudas, uh, two different people that came, uh, came before Jesus that rose up, got a following, and one of them had 400 followers. And they, but when the leaders died, everybody scattered and their, their teaching, their following died out. That's what he said to them. And then he goes on and says, in this present case, this is verse 38, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. Just let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But, there's the uh, contrast now, but if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. Now, that is powerful. That is wisdom. The Holy Spirit, I think, was touching uh, Gamal uh, and, and giving him insight of what's happening. And because he spoke with such authority, they took their advice and, and they called all the disciples in. And then they beat them and charged them not to speak in Jesus' name, the name of Jesus, and they let them go. So they beat them. They flogged them. And uh, they left the presence. And the apostles left the presence of the council, scared to death. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't say that. It says they left after being beaten, after being threatened, after being beaten, they left rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor in the name. And he's talking about the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. And every day, they continued, every day. They didn't run off like Natasha said earlier, after they were arrested and released. They didn't go hide. They didn't go, they went because they were, had the love of God permeating through them. They had the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting through them. They went back to the temple area and from house to house. And they did not cease teaching and preaching that Jesus is the Christ, is the Messiah. I mean, this is so awesome. So what are you doing in sharing Jesus' love to those around you, to your neighbors, to to your coworkers. Now, I'm not talking about taking a big Bible like this, a five-pound Bible, and beating them over the head like that. Uh, you need Jesus. It's, it's showing Jesus. It's living the life of Jesus. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to, to flow through you, the love of Christ, to all people, to all people. 
and, and being there for them and listening to them and hearing their pain and then having the boldness to share about Jesus at, as the Spirit leads. You see, the mission of the Holy Spirit, there's many works of the Holy Spirit, but the mission of the Holy Spirit for believers is to empower us for evangelism for the purpose of saving lost souls. And it, in the Holy Spirit, the mission of the Holy Spirit is to empower us, not, to be a, not just to be a witness, but to empower us with the gifts of the Spirit, with signs and wonders, and to do miracles and deliverances. And we're, we've been reading about that over the last uh, five chapters. <clears throat> and so this is what God wants to do in your life today, tonight, to stir the fire of the Holy Spirit in you. Not to go out and, and, and uh, beat people up over, when I say that, you know, with words, you're going to hell you're, if you don't repent. You know, that's not, that isn't how uh, they said it. That isn't how Peter said it. That isn't how, I mean, they talked about repentance. They were talking about the work of God, the love of God, what Jesus did for them to forgive our sins so that we can have eternal life now and in the future, that we can have abundant life now and in the future, that we can have walk in the kingdom of God and have a relationship with the, the glorious triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, sin, and, and now we go to chapter six. And I got just a few minutes on this. Chapter six, and this is so wonderful. <clears throat> um, because the church was growing so much, and there were Hellenistic Jews, those are Jews that were, um, were doing the Greek, uh, Greek culture. They were Greek Jews. Uh, following, and that's what Hellenism talks about. Um, <clears throat> and then they were the, the um, Hebrew Jews that were following the Jewish culture. Now, again, they were one. We read it back in chapter four. They were one. But we see as the church was growing, there was some tension happening. Is there any tension in churches today? Unfortunately, yes. But the complaint was that the Hebrews, who, whoever was distri uh, distributing the, uh, the food and the clothing and, and the needs for all the people, especially the widows and the, the orphans within the body of Christ, some were giving favoritism. Not good. Just read James. Um, and some were giving uh, over the Hebrew Jews over the Hellenistic Jews, or the Hebrew Christians over the Hellenistic Christians. They were still Jews, but they were following the Messiah. And, and so they called all the, uh, the, deacon, uh, the, um, the apostles, and they shared the complaint. And so they prayed, and the apostle says, you know what? This is good. These are growing pains. The Lord wants to expand and raise up more people to do the ministry. We're called to teach and to preach and to pray. But we need to find men, and later on we see women, to become deacons that are men of wisdom and full of the Holy Spirit to care for the poor within the church and to properly distribute to all in need. And this is amazing what the Spirit was showing. Now, then they focus on one of those named Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, along with Philip and several, several others. And they were set apart 
by the apostles, and they were prayed over and laid hands on. So they were set apart as deacons. Now, this is part of ecclesiology and church structure and all that. We won't get into that tonight. But the word of God, in verse 7, I'd love this. The word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So here again, we see the same growth. Again, that's a, th a thread throughout Acts. More and more people coming to Christ. Even priests were coming to Christ. And it's so amazing. Now, now Stephen. Stephen, full of grace, going back to chapter 4, great power and great grace, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Paul's. This is important. This is really um, the first time in particular, although we see it uh, earlier in chapter four, that they went out boldly preaching, but they were doing signs and wonders. That's what it is implied. But here we see that someone other than the apostles were moving in the signs and miracles and the gifts of the Spirit. So you can't say, well, only apostles moved in the gifts of the Spirit, and when they died off, all the gifts ended. And that's it right here. Uh, the Lord is showing us through Luke that now we see people other than the apostles doing miracles through the Holy Spirit and by the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people didn't like what he was doing, what Stephen was doing. So he was arrested, very similar to the apostles. And, and Stephen, they actually started to debate Stephen. But God was so all over Stephen, and Stephen was filled with so much wisdom. He said they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. So Stephen was so flowing in the spirit and so attuned to the spirit that as they challenged him, he was listening to the Holy Spirit and, and how to answer them, how to show them their thinking and their way was wrong, and Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and, and so... They didn't like it, and then they worked out a plan, just like they did with Jesus, to, um, to deceive people and to, um, to give a false witness. And so he was arrested and brought before the council, and they gave all these false witnesses uh, about just all lies. And finally, I love verse 15, and we'll, we'll finish here. Verse 15, and gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Now, this is so amazing. Think about it. He's, he's been debating. He's been moving in the gifts of the Spirit. People are being healed and delivered and set free. People don't like it. They start debating him, but the Spirit just keeps giving them wisdom and strength to answer their problem, and they get frustrated, so they start lying about him. They call him before the council. He's arrested, and they continue to lie about him, and they, they just see this. They look at him, and they don't see him. They see his face glowing as an angel. <laughs> We're going to see more and more next week what happens to Stephen. And this, this anointing of the Spirit is so strong on Stephen that some amazing things happen. You got to come back next week. I wish I was teaching it next week, but uh, you got to come back next week because you're going to learn about what happened to Stephen and the glory of the Holy Spirit upon him as well as Jesus. Let me give you a little hint. 
when G when Stephen was stoned, he was the first martyr as a Christian. When he was being stoned to death, he looked up and his face continued to shine like an angel. And he saw Jesus not sitting at the right hand of God. <laughs> Glory to God. But Jesus was standing. Standing. Now, I'll let Natasha go further all in that. But I hope that this lesson in chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6 has, has ignited some, stirred some faith in you. It got you excited. Want to know more about the Holy Spirit, about the gifts of the Spirit. Want to know how to tithe, how to give, how to care for those that are in need. And uh, I want to invite you to, um, to look at my book, The Big Five, uh, and gives the foundation of the Christian faith and learn more about our ministry, Empowered Living International Ministry. We're doing some great things. And by the way, Natasha, we've, we are starting two new Bible schools in India now, and uh, we've opened our third campus in Kenya. So uh, things are just happening. And I want to thank you, Natasha. I want to thank everybody for being with us. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom, especially in this day, in Yeshua HaMashiach. God bless you. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you, Dr. Gilbert. That was amazing. And actually, before you leave, I was going to ask you if you could just pray for a couple of minutes for um, anybody who may um, not even, who may be listening and perhaps they want to know the Lord or perhaps they want to um, even be filled with the Spirit um, and receive the gifts of the Spirit. So let's just pray. Amen. Let's do that. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to share my heart with these marvelous saints of God. And Lord, we pray, just as the apostles taught, as Stephen taught, and the others that followed them taught, that Jesus, you are the Son of God. You, you were born in a manger by a virgin, you lived a sinless life. You fulfilled the law. You pleased God the Father. You revealed God the Father to us. You showed his love to us. And then you suffered and died a brutal death, shedding your blood. Even before the cross, being whipped and then died a brutal death, hanging on a cross for our sin, for our pain, for our hurt, for our guilt, for our shame. And then to appropriate that forgiveness, you were raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit and you live forevermore to give us life and life more abundantly here and in the future. So Lord, I pray for those that may not know you personally, Maybe they've been going to church all their life, but they've been doing religious things, but there's no peace and they, they have no assurance of, of his or her salvation. I just pray for them right now. What you need to do, if, if something, say, I don't really know if I know Jesus. Well, right now you can do that. Just pray with me, a simple prayer. The prayer doesn't save you, but pray it from your heart. Lord Jesus, I, I need forgiveness. I need to be set free from guilt. I need to be set free from shame. I, I need to be set free from hurt and pain, from bitterness, unforgiveness. I, I, I need purpose in life. And I realize I don't have it. And I don't have that peace that surpasses all understanding. So 
I surrender my life to you. I believe that you did die on the cross for my sins. I do believe that you are the son of, of the living God. I do believe that you were physically raised from the dead. By faith, I believe. And in Jesus' name, I confess my sins and I repent and I turn from, from my, my old self and I look to you, Jesus. Come into my life. Change me. Transform me. Fill me right now, Holy Spirit. And I, I choose this day to follow you all the days of my life by your grace, not by my work, but by your grace. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed something like that with me, then, uh, then I believe that you are born again and you're now a new creation. You may not feel anything right now, but the Holy Spirit has come in you. But now God wants to empower you. Maybe you've been a Christian, or maybe you just asked Jesus to come into your life. He wants to baptize you in his spirit now, not just fill you and, and enter you to save your soul, to sanctify you, to cleanse you, to make you a new person. He wants to empower you to be able to share about the resurrection life that the apostles were sharing. So let me pray that right now in Jesus' name, Lord, for those that are longing for more, that need the, they want to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. They want to flow in the power of the apostles and, and Stephen, and they've seen it. They long for it. Lord, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, come and empower them. Just release your power from heaven and fill them, be poured out upon them right now in the name of Jesus and just lift, lift your hands up and say, Holy Spirit, come. Now, he's already in you. Just allow him to come and pour over you, in you, and flood, up, uh, flood through you and receive right now the empowering of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, be filled in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Begin to praise the Lord right now. Begin to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 There's somebody that has been really wounded. And I don't know whether it's been by the church or by uh, a family member, um, but, but someone's been really wounded and, and, and you're holding on. You want all that God has, but you, you, you're hurt so much. Release that right now. It takes a step of faith, but release that right now. Release that hurt. That You're only poisoning your soul. You're only poisoning your body. Uh, you can't hurt that other person that hurts you. Let God take care of that. You just release that pain over to Jesus right now. He took that pain for you on the cross. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Natasha, praise hallelujah, you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, so wherever you are, we're just going to um, continue it in this moment. Just begin to praise the Lord. Just begin to thank the Lord. Um, you know, praise is a weapon, you all. Worship is a weapon. Hallelujah. And right now, this is the victory prayer hallelujah. circle. Hallelujah. We have the victory through Christ Jesus. Yes. We already have the victory. We don't need to fight for hallelujah. victory. That's God right. gave us the victory at the cross. We had the victory. So let's just thank begin to Lord. thank the Lord for the victory. Thank the Lord. Release the hurt. Andrea, release the hurt. Andrea wrote it. Wrote what you said, Dr. Gilbert. She's saying, release the hurt. Yes. Release it Whoever right now. You are, just 
release the hurt. Just even say it. I say, I release the hurt. Right. I release I release, the, I release those people who hurt me. Mm. I release those people who betrayed me. I be release those people who talked bad about me. Mm. The Lord directed us to pray for those, pray for our enemies, pray for That's those right. who persecute you, pray mm. for those who use you, who talk bad about you, who spitefully mm. use you. We have to pray for them, pray for them. So God, right now, oh, in God. the name of Jesus, oh Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this night, oh God. We thank you, Father, for releasing us, Lord, for ministering, healing right mm. now, oh God. Yes, right Lord. now, we pray for those people, Lord, who've hurt us. We pray for those people, God, who have betrayed us. We pray mm. for those people, Lord, who wounded us, who maybe they abandoned us, God. Yes, we release Lord. the hurt, oh God. We release it to you, Father. We surrender it to you, oh God. And yes, Father, we ask that you would even heal them, oh Lord. We right pray, now. God, that they would repent, Father, for what yes, they Lord. have done, oh God. That they would repent and know, Lord God, that your arms are open wide, waiting mm. to receive them, waiting Hallelujah. to restore them, waiting to redeem yes. them, oh God. Yes, and Father, Lord. we ask that you would heal us, oh God. Heal our hearts, oh Lord. For those of us who are hurting right now, oh God. Mm. For those of us who feel betrayed, Father God, oh, by oh, a God. mother or a father or a spouse or even children, oh God, for those who feel hurt by their children, oh God, I pray, Father, that you would minister healing, Lord, deep healing in the heart, oh God. And it's Father's Day weekend, oh God. And some people may have oh, been hurt God. by a father oh, or hurt Lord. even by a mother, God, but you are the good, good father, yes, Abba Lord. Father, our daddy, our mm. father, Abba. Just begin, even if you've been hurt by oh, your natural Abba. father, call on Abba, Father. Father, Abba, Father, Abba, Abba, Father. Abba, Abba, we love you, Great Abba. Healing. You are our Father. You are a good, good Father. And we just Praise thank you. you, Lord. We bind the orphan spirit right now in right the now, name in of Jesus. Name. We sever that spirit. You are Jesus not an orphan. You are a man. Jesus you are a name. woman of God. You mm -hmm. are a child of God. You are not an orphan. God has adopted you into his family. And yes. so we break that right now in the name. Jesus name. Jesus. And God, we just thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for your healing. Yes, we thank Lord. you, God, Hallelujah. for ministering Hallelujah. that deep healing. Just yes. release it, Hallelujah. God. Just raise Praise your you. hand wherever you are. I hope you feel free. We just thank you. We feel Shalom. free right now. Shalom, right Shalom. Now. peace. Hallelujah. May the peace of God be with you yes. all. May the peace of God, Dr. Gibber, we thank you for this night. We thank you for your teaching. Oh, I just want to thank the Lord for this night. Glory thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just feel a breaking. Hallelujah. I feel a breaking. Everyone's saying hallelujah. 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 says, I am not an orphan. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Glory. People saying, Phenom thank you. Yes, unmute your lines. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you, God. Glory. Victory. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. 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 Praise the Lord
Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for all the prayers and and this. I hope you've really been blessed. I've been blessed just being here. Uh, uh, Empowered Living International Ministries. We're a ten-year-old ministry. Uh, we have uh, it's, we have three parts of it. We are to uh, we are teaching ministry here in the states and around the world. We uh, train village pastors all around the the world, mainly in the majority world, uh, out in the bush in Africa and India. We've been invited all over the world. We're developing a plan right now to plant Bible schools all around uh, with the locals, training the locals, and then turning the school over to them. I'm so excited. And then we do humanitarian work. We have an orphanage in Western Kenya, uh, do water wells and many other humanitarian works. And we're beginning to expand to some key humanitarian works here in the States. The Lord is showing us some things there. So that's what we're doing. Um, just that's in a nutshell. We're, uh, Empowered Living is to educate, equip, and empower believers to become all that God created them to be in Christ. And that's what we do. And that's the, the fullness of our ministry. You can go to empowered-living.org, empowered-living.org to our website, or you can like us on Facebook. Just look up Empowered Living International Ministries. There's another Empowered Living on Facebook. They just started this, this past year, uh, but it's not them. It's Empowered Living International Ministries, or you can type my name, Dr. Daniel B. Gilbert, uh, uh, to look up our Facebook page. Um, and then, um, and so that's what we're doing. Uh, there's so much going on. So I, and I'm tired after that teaching. So, uh, <laughs> that, I'm, but I'm, my, my book, the big five, uh, Dr. Pat Robertson wrote the forward to it. I was so honored that he liked the book enough to say, yes, I'll write the forward to it. And it's a simple book. It's written about the five, five, there's, there's nine essentials of the Christian faith. I focused on five of the essentials of the Christian faith. And the subtitle is um, discovering, discovering everything, uh, discovering the five foundations every Christian should know. And so that's what we go through the scripture. What is the scripture? How to read the scripture? Why is the Bible the inspired, infallible, and errant word of God? We talk about that. Then we talk about why Jesus Christ is the only way to, um, to heaven and to a relationship with the creator of the universe. Then we talk about how to be saved. We're saved by grace through faith alone, not by any works, Ephesians 2 eight, nine. And then the last big five is do everything we do for the glory of God, everything we do. So that's in a nutshell. And it's also a little study guide at each chapter. It's great for small groups. And I hope you'll, you'll uh, get it. You can download it on ebook or get a hard copy uh, and just be blessed and share it with all your friends. I really believe God wants to, to use this book to lay a strong foundation for the body of Christ in this day with so much lies and so much deception out there. We need a solid grounding. And this is a, a book that um, I believe God will bless you with. 
Amen. It's a really amazing book, you all. And so I've put links to Dr. Gilbert's organization and also the Facebook page for Thank Empowered you. Living. Um, and uh, the book, the book, you can, I have a website for the book. It's called thebigfivebook.com. Thebigfivebook.com. And that's the number five, thebigfivebook.com. So uh, thank you. And uh, I would say we're in the process of redoing our whole website. So please be patient with us in that. But it looks better than the last one. <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Gilbert. And you, I'm, I'll probably be calling on you again to teach. This is a phenomenal night. And um, we just want to thank you. We bless the Lord for you. And thank so, you. yes, we, um, we encourage everyone to go ahead and follow uh, Empowered Living. Visit the website, sign up for email updates, and also visit thebigfive.com to get the book, The Big Five. It's really a, a good book and essential teaching um, to our lives as disciples of Christ. And um, I just want to remind you all to be reading the book of Acts uh, this summer. Read um, this week. If you haven't read up to chapter six, go ahead and read up to chapter six. And then when you have a chance, try to read ahead to chapter seven and eight for next week. And then come with questions next week, you all. We have another amazing teacher. Next week, actually, Dr. Gilbert, Latoya Flowers will be our teacher. Uh, that's so she's right. Gonna, yeah, she's going to do an amazing job. And so um, we're going to have a blessed time again next week and so if you miss any of the replays you all you can visit wehodwell.org there you can find the replays you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes or soundcloud and you can also share a prayer request with us i want to thank all of the victory prayer circle intercessors we have a special group in facebook and they intercede for all of the prayer requests that we receive so mm -hmm. god bless you all thank you for joining tonight share this study and also the information of how people can join Join us live next week. Thank you, Dr. Gilbert. Thank you so much, Natasha. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all. Bless <laughs> Talk you. to you all next Thank week. Uh, may God be with you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. God bless.